This is the Global Logistics Podcast. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us uh, on today's podcast for Global Logistics. And I'm delighted to be introducing Joseph Valentine. He's the senior sales executive for a really fascinating company called Cycleon. Um, and uh, this is a, a line from their website, which is intriguing. I know what it's about. But actually, they brand themselves as reverse a reverse logistics group. Um, and... Uh, I, well, Joe, can you? Hi, Joe. Thank you for joining us. I mean, obviously, I know what, what what it's about, but if you could, in brief, tell us what Cyclion are specialists in, please. Yeah, absolutely, Steve. It's a pleasure to meet you, and, and thank you for for uh, having me on. Uh, so, what really Cyclion is is a, is a global reverse logistics solutions provider. I know it's yeah. a little bit of a longer longer tagline, but uh, we are a four PL that are really uh, bringing both uh, the best of the digital and physical worlds combined uh, for reverse logistics. And what we're really doing there is, is it whether it be from initiation uh, on a returns portal uh, to processing those returns on one of our return centers and harnessing the data along the way uh, that will give the brand complete uh, visibility and insight to their return goods. Um, is really what we're trying to accomplish, both uh, both for the digital and physical world. Oh, thank you. I mean, I've got a whole host of questions you can imagine, um, but in a very basic form, um, and it's, it's not amusing, but it's interesting because in the UK, as an example, we've got a real problem that's come to the fore with people buying online goods, clothing is an example, wearing them, you know where this is leading, of course, and then returning them. It's become a huge problem. Um, and of course, cycling, that's part of your your core business in terms of that's one of your fields, isn't it? I mean, we're talking about goods that people take and then they want to reverse the reverse. Correct. Yeah, back. correct. Correct, Steve. Yeah, we call those the bad actors, right? The, <laughs> the one product that uh, should not be worn, but because of some lenient returns policies and not having the insight uh, to why it's coming back, uh, people are taking advantage of that. And, and what systems like ours do is is kind of flag those bad actors uh, pass that information back onto the brand and for the brand then to take action on whether they want to continue to do business uh, with this potential individual uh, or, yeah, kind of highlight them and saying they're going to be limited product. Um, you know, it's a small percentage of the, the business and what we're really focusing on is really the circularity and getting that product into our facilities, value-added and getting it back out into first sellable goods to you know, help the supply chains, of course, with COVID and the issues that the, we've all seen the last two years, Yeah. Um, you know, and streamlining what they're having to need uh, to, to source from a from a manufacturing process. Now, thank you. I mean, I was going to say it's niche, but it's not really because, because it is becoming a big problem now. Um, a really huge problem because I it's, mean, yeah. it's a huge problem. And especially being in a global market, right? We, we've always heard of global market, but what we're seeing now is that a particular brand can launch in I don't know, let's say Italy, but also find a community of consumers that love their product in the U.S. And now you have the complexity of Italy selling in the U.S. And now getting that product back out into the fulfillment channels is even more uh, of an issue. And yeah, COVID highlighted that, right? Yeah. Everybody, went, everybody stayed home. And though what I assumed was purchase was really going to be down. Purchases, online purchases rose. Um, and that just, again, with the supply chain issues of COVID, highlighted the importance of, of having a real robust reverse logistics solution. 
And then what what is the history of soccer? Because I'm very intrigued about how this came about. I mean, I know we're talking about it and we know it's a big problem, but actually going back to the sort of formation of the company. Right, yeah. Somebody so had a vision or a group of people had a vision here. Yeah, I hope uh, a few people had a, a vision of the company. Um, and, and originally it was started um, um, for doing tape backs for ink cartridges for, let's say, HP and um, where they were just doing some take back schemes, helping those uh, uh, get those products back out into second life cycles, because you know in cartridges were a valuable component to to uh, to that process. And then all of a sudden, you know, in the mid 2000s, the e-commerce boom, and yeah. the company shifted from being you know take back to real e-com focused in more of the fashion and apparel space. Right. Okay. So. Thank you. If let's imagine I, I owned a company and we called it, I don't know, X1, and my company specialised in denim goods for, for men and women, you know, for high fashion denim goods, which sounds a bit of a, 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 a non possibility, but it just for a go for me. For me it doesn't right, sound yeah, I, I do like that company name. I, I got to mark that. <laughs> okay. And let's, let's just say for argument's sake, we were, I don't know, we were selling a million pairs of jeans per year across right. the globe. But all of a sudden, we could see we, we've got a problem. We've noticed that the returns are going up. You know, we've been running for 10 years. And over the last four or five years, the returns, it's, great, it's, it's gaining pace and we've got a problem. Can I make the assumption that I could then go to Cycling On and say, look, this we've got a problem here. We need your help. We need to identify, you know, who the bad apples are. I mean, right. that's probably the wrong phrase. But what I'm trying to get at is I, I, I'm making the assumption that you, you're – what cycling can do and say, yeah, okay, that's what we can do. We can then identify, you know, where the problems are. You know, we can help in terms of closing up to a, a greater extent the, the issues you're facing returns, you know, try and save in terms of, 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 of finance, uh, environmentally. I mean, am I kind of... On the yeah, right no, you're, you're, you're absolutely right, Steve, but, but nine times out of ten, it's actually us going to the brand X1. Right. Uh, because we're the the boots on the ground, so we're seeing the return reasons come back earlier on. Uh, so initiation saying this product is running too big, and historically it's not. So we all start to see that gather the data gathered, and if those are what we consider outliners, we will go to you know the company and say, right now we're starting to see a you know a exponentially uh, increase in in, in returned pro and return percentages on this one product. Yeah. You, you may want to look at it in a variety of different ways. It could be potentially rewording um, uh, the, the comments on the dot com saying, well, if you're typically a size nine, well, order a size seven because it runs big. Yeah. Or what they can do is go back to the manufacturer and say, yeah, there seems to be an issue here. Is there a problem there? And nine times out of 10, the root cause is, is the manufacturer. So, is that right? Really? Really? That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it could be relabeling the product at the manufacturing, sizing it differently. Yeah, um, yeah, there, there's there's tons of those issues that happen. What's very interesting about part of these bullet points is more than a third of the. I'm, I know you know this, this of course. Yeah. More than a third, thirty-four percent of your shoppers said they frequently send back online fashion purchases in comparison to just twenty percent of European shoppers. I'm actually amazed by that. Because I would yeah. have thought, as being a European, actually, we were worse, if I'm honest. Well, I think what comes into play is, is the consumer behavior and the, let's say, um, guiding 
the consumer, right? The U.S. is free, free, free. We've always yeah. been that. Yeah. Where you've almost taught the consumers in Australia to, to expect some pushback in terms yeah. of the return. So that's why the numbers are lower. Where here in the U.S., it's just customer satisfaction. Give them their free return. Give them their free shipping. Um, and there's also a disparity on what is potentially uh, mentioned on multiple channels, so omni-channel. So what states on retail, what states online, what states on marketplaces, they're also not concurrent in their terms. And that also uh, you know, alleviates uh, or escalates the, the percentage on which the returns come back here. No, that makes perfect sense. And again, picking up, picking up one of these bullet points, yeah. which is really interesting, um, and, and it just sort of plays into the, the way we're looking at the environment in, in a much broader sense. Almost two-thirds of U.S. consumers said they were willing to pay extra when returning a parcel in terms of subsidising greener carrier options. Again, that's quite surprising. Is it surprising? I th- I, yeah, it, I, I think it still is surprising. It is very surprising. And even being here, um, you know, being a, a U.S. Uh, a citizen, it is still surprising months later after finding this out because – you know, what we said here in the U.S. is sustainability is a, is a buzzword. Well, those buzz, buzzwords are actually starting into action. Um, yeah. and, and what we're seeing is against the customer behavior, we're actually training the consumer to start thinking about this, right? You can't make an instant switch to a potential sustainable returns flow or outbound flow. You have to take time kind of training the consumer saying, hey, this is where we're going. This is what we'll potentially give out there. And you know, it's now being talked about more. So, you know, although I was surprised, the the younger generation is into resell, you know, uh, wearing secondary clothing, you know, secondary items, second, secondary life cycle items. So it's there, but still very, very surprising. And, and with, because I'm really interested in this kind of sustainability, environmental side of it. Um, I suppose it's more of a personal question, really, which is, being part of Cyclone, has it made you think differently about, it's a bit of a stupid question because I guess I'm trying to get to know the answer. Yeah, I know. It's a bit of a silly question. No, it must no. have really been profound for you, I guess. It, it was. So when I first started in, in the reverse logistics, it was uh, in remanufacturing and, and uh, we dealt with, uh, you know, I dealt with uh, electronics, small domestic appliances. So it really didn't yeah. necessarily hit home because you know, you bought an electronic, you kind of knew it was going to work. Uh, and, you know, you knew what you were looking for. Where clothes, it's, you know, your bedroom is is now your, your changing room. Um, and yes, it's had a profound effect on how I buy online. I've tried to convince my wife otherwise to not buy four or five things, maybe actually make the trip to the store. But, um, you know, it, it has a direct impact on how I think on on a daily basis when it comes to you know, what I'm consuming to what I'm, you know, potentially buying online to, to hopefully not return. So, yeah, it's a now ingrained in my DNA. And and thank you. I'm, I'm thinking of a huge online, the, the biggest one in the world that begins with A that we all know. And, um, <laughs> yeah, we all know who that company is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, no. Uh, I was thinking of, of Jeff of Jeff's company, Jeff. Bezos. Oh, Amazon. Yeah, Amazon. Yeah, yeah. And the reason yeah. I just want to bring that up is, I mean, I buy from Amazon all the time, Correct. and I was just thinking how easy it is to return there. And now you kind of stopped me in my tracks because I'm kind of thinking, I wonder if it's too easy to return because I never ever have any trouble or yeah. in returning stuff. But I'm not sure if that's the right answer. 
Yeah, I don't think everything needs to come back. Um, mm. I think there are also things that can be done for both the retailer or e-tailer um, and the consumer that satisfies both of their needs. You know, there are some low value items that go back that I potentially don't want. It was damaged or it was broken or just didn't meet my expectations. Well, you know, there are costs in getting that back. Well, is there a potential cost to donating that? No, mm -hmm. you can potentially as a consumer do better for your, let's say, uh, uh, surroundings, your community by donating it to somebody that can actually use it. So I think there's other things that we can do and that also reduces the supply chain uh, and, and logistical networks, bandwidth issues. But not all products need to come back. I mean, I, I'm a firm believer in that. Um, and, and I will be a, a you know, sounding board for that. No, and, and you know what? I, I think that's really good points. And actually, the headline of the, uh, the piece that Stephanie sent me, I'll just read this out. Uh, U.S. fashion shoppers are out returning European counterparts, but happy to pay extra for green, greener e-commerce options. So really, the headline says it all. But like I said a moment ago, it's still, started, it's still pretty surprising, if I'm honest. It, it, it is. And as, as Cyclion and what we do as a 4PL is we're managing the whole entire network. So we're actually looking at how we can um, init have initiatives with our solutions providers like our 3PLs and our carriers to offer out more green uh, solutions, whether that be like paperless or where the warehouses are operating off of solar energy, or if there are a carrier, a percentage of their fleet are EVs or hybrid vehicles. So we're, we're able to, to look at that and use that to our advantage to be able to pass on those knowledge and those, uh, uh, let's say, greener solutions to the consumer. But yeah, 64%, again, I think goes to the talking point we had earlier it's 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 fresh on their minds because yeah. it's new and things are being intacted at the moment that just haven't been done here in the U.S. before. No, and, and thing is, um, can you see? I mean, it's a really difficult one to predict this, but five, ten years from now, because the things are really changing so quick. And you already touched upon with EVs and, and you know solar power and um, all other you know renewables coming in. Where do you think we'll be in five to ten years? Because I know that the change is so rapid, but do you have any kind of predictions? Well, you know, for following, following the Amazon effect, it's, uh, you know, you want it now, you get it now. Yeah. And I think in, in reverse, we're starting to see that instant gratification come into play to where, you know, there's instant refunds or instant exchange happening. But what is a major shift to uh, the pickup of a return, a scheduled pickup of a return, because um, the convenience I think also having digital enhancements and better insight to, to returns that, you know, we'll be able to utilize potentially like gig economy drivers that are not only dropping off something from Amazon or Uber Eats to then schedule a pickup. And so they're killing kind of two birds with one stone. So I think that that's the biggest advancement that we'll see in the next five or 10 years. But yeah, what, what tomorrow brings is yeah even slightly clouded. Oh, it's just so difficult, isn't it? Because like I say, you know, even in the last couple of years and the rate of EV pickup in the UK, it's just been, I'm sure it's the same in the US, but in the last two, three years, it's just gone like that, skyrocketed, you know. Um, it is, in, in the, the complexity in the US market, we're just so fast, right? So, you know, we have our major population densities with, of course, the major cities, but then, you know, you have some rural, uh, rural cities and rural states that have... Uh, um, you know, some purchasing power there that we need to really kind of 
optimize the route to get that product back out, whether it be a, you know, a, a first carrier manager or contract or a, a pickup. It, it's, it's, yeah, it, that's the biggest, ta- biggest pain point we need to tackle here in the U.S. Well, is it, and how much of that is our people's attitudes? Oh, yeah, maybe I should frame it this way. Can, can you see a rapid change in people's perceptions? Does it happen at a, a speed you think is good enough or is it still? Yeah, I, I think, I, yeah, no, I think it's happening at a, at a, at a very good clip. Um, yeah, the younger generations, right, have been born born with it. They've made, they know it, they, you know, they're driving uh, their first cars that are, are literally EV vehicles where I'm in my 40s and I'm hoping to get into an EV vehicle before my 50s. I mean, it, it's there. So as the younger generations get a little bit older, it's just going to expedite these these processes even more. And, you know, you have some amazing people coming out of colleges and universities that are, are, are supply chain people. And that hadn't happened for a long time. So I think even with the reverse logistics process being an afterthought, the people coming out of these universities and colleges, it's it's on their forefront because they understand the pain points with it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, t- totally agree. And, um, for me, I mean, I'd love an EV, I'm sure, in the next year. I mean, it's all going that way anyway. But the biggest problem is not so much range anxiety, it's on a personal level, it's the lack of charging points. And I think until we get that in place, I'm not going to look at it. I'm lucky I could charge it, we've got to drive, but yeah. that's not really the point. I mean, you know, there's just, and when you go to these points that are out there in the public domain, there's always someone in front of you because I know people have got to charge. I get all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it, something really radical needs to happen in the next few years. I don't know what it's like in the US. I haven't got a clue, yeah. but in the UK, it's it's not good enough, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, every retailer now has, uh, you know, a, a dedicated uh, 10 or 15 spots for charging stations. I mean, you know, the Targets, the Walmarts uh, all have them. Most gas stations are opening up some, some spots, but that needs to be the biggest uh, hurdle that needs to be cleared when we talk about you know ev vehicles being the constant and then of course that uh, has a major impact on you know co2 emissions and um you know just just the carbon footprint would be positively impacted over over uh you know over that uh you know change and what's the, the best thing about working for cyclone if you can pinpoint that i i mean you know we're at the forefront of change um you know as a company you know we we, we state that you know, sustainability is in our DNA, but being being leaders in this space um, and and causing some good change, knowing that we're doing well, uh, uh, maybe not as good as we'd like for the environment, but knowing that we're we're initiating change, um, it's just yeah. I mean, it's a blessing to be able to to be able to say that. What a, that's a cool role to be in, isn't it? I mean, how many people can say that with the jobs that they have? In a way, you're uh, yeah. I mean, I, I wish I wish more people can say that, but uh, I don't want to speak too highly because somebody come from my job. <laughs> okay, Joseph. <laughs> on that note, brilliant thing, you know. And as I say, the time just flies by. Honestly, yeah. it's a pleasure to talk, talk with you, and mm-hmm. um, you know, big shout out for you taking the time out to chat to us. It's been amazing. I appreciate it, Steve. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you very much. You take care. You can find global logistics at glowlogistic dot com